Victory Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Second in Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. I hope you guys are doing well. Glad to be back with you. Um, by the time you're listening to this, um, we are, we'll be one week away from the NFL draft, which I know we are all so excited about. Um, the last few episodes we've done are just kind of been gauged to the NFL draft, and this one will be kind of our final draft podcast until after the draft. Um, but, uh, of course, I'm always joined by my two co-hosts, Mr. Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. What's up, fellas? How's it going? It is, it is draft season, officially. Yeah, man, we're close. The best we're, time of the year. We're so close. <laughs> well, I cannot wait, man. It, it's honestly like if, you, if I had to rank – how would you rank the NFL draft like your top sporting events? Like you have like the Super Bowl, uh, you have like the Masters. Pro- probably top one. ten. Oh, I'd go like top five. One. Dude. It's top. You'd no, say it's one, not Chris? one. I was one. kidding. I was about to uh, say no, but seriously, top three. I'd easily. say top five. It's top. Yeah, See, for sure. I don't know. If, I don't know if I could put any like NBA Finals, World Series, NHL Finals. Uh, Super Bowl, I don't think I could put the draft in front of those. I, th- I think based on pure joy that I get out of it, I would say probably – That's a good point. Probably the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, and and the draft. I would have to agree And, and, and Stanley Cup Finals is, is up there, but it's a toss-up between so, that and the draft, I would to say. To your for point, three. Brett, to your point about the World Series or like the, the Stanley Cup Finals, like our team may be in it once every blue moon. The Good NFL point. draft, our team is always in it. And it's always something we it's, it's always something we look forward yeah. to. We love talking NFL. That's a really that's good because I, I was about to mention the World Cup. Uh, but <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about but it see, when the U- was, US isn't playing. So oh my god. Well, if you can't beat Trinidad and Tobago, what's what's it matter? So yeah, uh, what I was <laughs> what I was gonna say though, because obviously like being a college golfer, the Masters is obviously in there for me. So I don't think I could put the draft over the Masters, but you talked about the World Cup, Chris. I would have to throw the Ryder Cup in there. But the only reason that I don't know if I can throw it in front of the draft is because the Ryder Cup's not every single year. It's every other right. year. But if somebody came up to me and they're like, hey, would you rather go to the NFL draft or the Ryder Cup? I'm going to say the Ryder Cup. That's just me personally. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've been to the draft. But even if I hadn't been to the draft, just me personally, I'd still probably have to say the Ryder Cup. But that's just me, yeah. honestly. So No, I agree. And, and I, think, uh, I think to Austin's point, our team's always in it. And it's a three-day event. Like we get yep. it for a, a whole weekend, a long weekend at that. So, and you got um, and you got guys from your school that are being drafted to who knows where. So well, you not get very to watch often. Boys do we have? Well, that? not your school, maybe. Not, but. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, maybe not we, very often for Austin's school either. We but. we we, we well, got the same school. <laughs> um, we uh, we did have you know the KB pick, which is probably the most excited I have been for a Titans draft pick in a long time. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking. I was um, thinking more Memphis, not MTSU, technically. So. Oh no. But but okay. But, but and I was thinking Vandy for Austin. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like I yeah. Montevallo doesn't well, even have a football I, team, I don't so like, I can't say anything. I don't like so. Memphis football that much. Uh, I yeah. like Memphis football players, but not not the school that I like Memphis basketball. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I I think those are good points. Uh, I think it's a, a spectacular sporting event, even though there's no sport truly involved in it. Um, but it's, it's exciting. It's engaging. Uh, you get to root for underdogs. Uh, you get to be happy when some players you don't like fall down the boards, you know, things happen. It's, it's a good time. The 
the event aspect of it is what's the, the most fun because i mean i know yeah. we we're all there in nashville the, the way that it's put yeah. on just just the environment of it and like you said chris the surprising picks like like we were i was on the general jackson show but when the titans took aj brown in the second round and the mm-hmm. way that the boat erupted because one people didn't know if he was going to be there two people wanted him and they actually got him so to see the the fans that surprised and then i then i was downtown on the street when san francisco took jalen hurd and obviously there's Tennessee fans all around and people didn't know when he was going to get drafted injuries and all that, even though he transferred to Baylor, they're still excited for him. So the environment aspect and the event aspect of it definitely make it so much fun. Yeah. Before our last episode, I told Brandy uh, that we were doing a, you know, a draft episode and she was like, Oh, I bet you're super excited about that. And I was like, yeah, I am, but I wish it was in Nashville again. Like, yeah. That, that I, was I the, think... that was one of my, that was a highlight of my life. I so much be, fun. I was back. on stage for Jeffrey Simmons pick. Like, see, yeah. one of the coolest experiences for me, for sure. It'll, it'll come back. I think one day in the next, oh, in, the next sure. in the next five years or so, it'll come back. It'll have to. And we did national. It's going to fall so, into. The, it's so going to fall into the. They're not going to say it's in a rotation, but it'll fall into the rotation. Has to be. Because yeah. um, the NFL, I know they made so much money that weekend. Oh, and they'd be dumb it's unbelievable yeah. not to bring it back. Um, and all, all the right. punt, all the like media, national media, yeah. uh, NFL media love it too. So. You it's a destination clam- town. It's a destination a city. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, one of the better weekends that I've ever been to. One of the better sporting sure. events I've ever been to. For sure. Um, and I went all three days. So, um, all right, before we go any further, I want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com and the 440 Sports Network. Make sure you check out broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of your latest Titans draft news. Um Nashville SC, the Preds, who are not as hot as they were a week ago, but they're still hot. They're still good. They're still straight. And Toby's um, back. Yeah, hey, they're so, up. They're up three one right now. So, so um, yeah, make sure you guys go check that out, and make sure you listen and subscribe to the podcast. You find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you always go check us out on Twitter at Second and Victory. Um, all right, guys. So to start us off, before we kind of get our draft talk, I want to kind of catch us up to speed on some things Titans wise that's happened in the last couple of days. Um, Daquan Jones, a guy that I really thought would be back as a Titan. It's just going to wait kind of the whole free agency tears, the, the periods it goes through. I thought he'd come back, you know, not for his $8 million asking price that he wanted, but at least for a 4 or $5 million deal. Well, he got that, but with the Carolina Panthers, uh, 4.05 mil guaranteed from the Panthers. So now defensive line is a, it's a, it's a glaring need all of a sudden again, uh, which it already was, but I thought Daquan would at least be there um, to kind of be the backup rotational guy between uh, Autry and Simmons, um, and I'm just I'm just surprised he's, he's he's gone. I can't I can't lie. Yeah, I think I think for me, if it was 2019 Daquan that you're getting, then he's worth that four million. I don't I, for for what we had from him in 2020, I'd I'd much rather give those snaps to to some younger guys that don't cost anything. Uh, the Tier Tarts, the the real Mercedes those kind of guys, because uh, obviously your primary, uh, your primary defensive linemen that are going to be out there are Simmons and Danico Autry over everybody. Uh, I don't see Danico Jeffrey Simmons is definitely not coming off the field. Um, I don't see Danico Autry coming off the field for Daquan Jones. Um, maybe, but you know, I think I think those snaps are going to be more limited anyway. So I just, I, I don't disagree with not paying Daquan, but I, I like Daquan a lot, the person, uh, and he seemed to be a really good leader on, on this team. So uh, that aspect uh, I think is going to be missed. 
you mentioned some of the people maybe missing Daquan for the person that he is. And I think that's a good point because there's been a couple of times when you're not really sure if Daquan's going to be that guy the next season. I mean, the Titans drafted Austin Johnson obviously didn't work out. Daquan fell back into the role. So Chris and Austin, both of y'all mentioned about how it's been him in the middle, but you also don't know. You didn't know if it was going to be him uh, eventually on down the line in the middle. And now is the time that he's gone. And Austin, you said it perfectly. The Titans do need some help there. But Chris, you hit the head on the nail too with, with saying that Denico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons are, are obviously going to be there. So it's a need, but it's not like the defensive line is just completely falling apart. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously they're going to have to address it now, um, whether it's after the draft and, and kind of see still who out there is, is out there with free agency, or do you address that in the draft? And there's the, the defensive line class is is notably one of the weaker classes in the draft. So if you're going to get somebody, it has to be – with your first or second round pick round one, yeah. or, you know, have to find a steal or sleeper in the third or fourth round. Um, so good luck with that. But uh, we'll kind of talk about that in a second. Um, other thing that I think that is funny that we can talk about now is that Jadavion Clowney is with the Browns and had some interesting comments um, in his He's opening living up press to his conference. last name, isn't he? Yeah, had some opening – his opening <laughs> remarks with the Browns in his press conference. Um, here's the one that, that we can all talk about and laugh about. Um, he, he said this regarding the Titans. Um, I'm sorry. He says about the Browns, but it's a shot at the Titans. They're winning. They've got a good team. They won 12 games, more than my team I played with last year. Hey, By Jadav- one game. Jadavian, listen, brother. The Titans right. won more games than you actually played in last year. <laughs> he played an eight. So yeah. wh- what are you talking shit about? Yeah, if you were, you were, if you were there to if you were there to help the back end of the season, then as I say, with zero production. Yeah, and I hate that we're we're talking about this because we were so pro I mean, Clowney a year ago, but yeah. you had and, to be, we and had we were be. still yeah, defending him even midway through the season last year. Uh, all that to say, yeah, they had one more win than us. They they won one game in the playoffs. They had the same number number of regular season wins, I believe. Um, but. When it comes down to it, I personally had more sacks last season than Jadavian Clowney did, so <laughs> I don't know why he's trying to compare numbers to anybody. It doesn't make much sense to me, honestly. I mean, he's going to a good team. What kind of got me, too, is because he he mentioned that Miles Garrett is maybe one of the best guys he's ever played on the defensive line with, but it's the same guy that played on the defensive line with J.J. Watt. And if you go prime versus prime right now, I'm obviously going to take J.J. Watt. So I don't necessarily understand. I mean, maybe he's just trying to hype up the city of Cleveland and where he's at now. But if that's if that's what he was trying to do, then he went the wrong way about it because he's played with J.J. Watt, played with the playoff team last year, and acted like neither one of them even mattered. Yeah. And Miles Garrett is probably more athletic than J.J. was and, and, and probably overall has more potential, but J.J. reached his potential. For sure. Uh, we, I mean, we, we've seen a ton out of Miles Garrett. He looks great, but he hasn't reached J.J. Watt caliber yet, so he no. hasn't reached his potential. I think I think this is Clowney's last shot to prove that he still has something left in him. Um, I think injuries obviously derailed his, himself last season, but even before the injuries that he – maybe he wasn't 100% the entire time. Who knows? Yeah. 20, um, was he 28? Right? Around so. there. Um, yeah. I think – that with him and Miles Garrett, it, yeah, on paper, it's a nasty duo. Um, so I think if he has anything more than zero sacks, it's a win for the Browns. He, but, just, he just turned 28. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, good it, it point. Can work. Also, it, it, yeah, I mean, and if this is his last chance to really get a you know a decent chunk of change and improve himself, 
then there's no better situation for him to be in, right? Sure. I mean, sure. that that front, the whole front seven is great. So being across from Miles Garrett and uh, is should open up significantly more for him. So if he doesn't prove it, then yeah, he's he's done. I, I I do have a question though because when the when the Titans signed Clowney last year, obviously it was a big deal. But there was a decent amount of people saying, okay, well, Clowney doesn't quite have any more. Titans overpaid. When he signed with the Browns, it kind of changed into a, hey, this is going to be a nightmare for other defenses. Clowney's such a force on the line. He's such a freak athlete. Do you think that's because last year he was more or less supposed to be the guy on the defensive line or just the fact that the Browns are more of a national media team than the Titans are? Both. Yeah, I I think that's a – yeah, I think that's a really valid point. I think uh, he was coming here to be – the playmaker and there he's just helping the playmakers right um and and i i listen i think the the disruption uh and the intensity that that clowny brought last year was an extreme positive he did for get sure. the sack numbers we know that but he was very disruptive in the backfield yeah. um it, it's just that he didn't have a lot out there with him to clean up some of the things that he was creating the chaos that he but- was creating Right, and maybe maybe he's a quote-unquote number two guy because maybe that's why he kind of shined in Houston was because he had he was able to play with JJ Watt, and then he, and he was, was disruptive. He was and he, disruptive and he in had Seattle. A Whitney Merciless the there guy. with him too. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then in Seattle, he wasn't quote-unquote the guy because I mean he was supposed to be the guy, but he didn't play like the guy. And the same thing in Tennessee. Now he gets Miles Garrett. Maybe he'll shine again. Maybe he needs somebody there. I don't know. We'll see. But I think this is his last kind of. He's not getting big money again after this. If he if he no. has another zero sack season, one sack season, I'm I'm done with Clowney. He would he, he would get the, the, the writings on yeah. the wall. He would get 100%. the quote unquote veteran of the NBA. And he's 28. That's the thing. Like usually you're working about this kind of stuff at like 31, 32, but he's 28 yeah. and. You would think that he still has some years left, but maybe this is a, a, a career that he's, you know, it's going to be injury derailed. Because um, yeah, it's back to it's back to back one year deals now. Yeah. So yeah. unless he again, unless he like I said, he balls out and he just has a Pro Bowl caliber kind of year, then maybe he'll get a long term deal. But if not, then I don't see Clowney. He'll bounce around from team to team. Um, and I wonder again. I wonder what the conversations were like with Rabel, with John Robinson about bringing him back. Because you know, you could tell how much Rabel liked him, calling him JD. It was his guy. I mean, he's been with him for a long time in, in Houston, um, and and, and it's kind of saw him grow up. But was there any mutual interest? And from kind of what you saw about with Clowney, that he said that it just wasn't a scheme fit mentally or physically. Um, so maybe just. This wasn't what we thought it would be and what he thought it would be. So um, I think it was best for both parties to kind of to go their separate ways after after that, but um, on to bigger and better things. So um, let's let's talk about some draft stuff, guys. What do y'all think? Um, before we kind of go to ours, so what we're going to do here is, is we, we all did our own seven-round mock draft, and there's no trades. The, the, the picks the Titans have are the picks we did, and we'll kind of go into that in a minute. But to kind of give you guys some perspective, I'm, we're looking at some of the, the bigger mock drafts from people across the country, um, the national media analysts. Peter Schrager has the Titans drafting Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker slash safety hybrid kind of guy from Notre Dame. That was surprising to me. Um, don't think the Titans need that kind of guy. I think he's a very versatile player. And I think the Titans should go a different route. Unless, unless – Unless John Robinson does not see John Brown or Rashawn Evans coming back next year, and then, okay, this makes sense. Um, but if we're looking on paper this year, 
Jeremiah Wosu Cormo does not make sense to me. I don't know about you guys. Um, but Peter Schrager has been right before he had Isaiah Wilson to the Titans last year. So there's that. Um, Matt Miller has been told that interior defensive line is a high priority, quote unquote, high priority for the Titans. So um, kind of like we mentioned earlier with not bringing Daquan back, is this where you get a Christian Barmore in the first round? I'm a guy who had a really, really good season last year for Alabama. Um, I told Chris this before that I've seen so many good and bad things on Barmore, how some scouts don't have him going in the top two rounds. He's a third round, you know, and down kind of player. Some think he is the, one of the most more talented defensive linemen they've ever seen. What's the gauge on Christian Barmore? I have no idea. Uh, but Mallet Miller says the Titans are, you know, interior defensive line is a high priority for them. And then um, to wrap up, Kuiper McShay did a three-round mock draft, and this is how they went. Elijah Moore, uh, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia. Uh, Pratt, Pat Fryermuth, the tight end from Penn State, which is probably the second-best tight end in the draft and the, you know, definitely a need for the Titans. And then Hamsa Nazaldine is a safety from Florida State. So they went two offensive guys, two defensive guys there. Um, in their mock draft, which I don't hate. It's not the worst mock draft I've ever seen. It's not bad. No. Feel some yeah. needs. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed coming away with that. Not at all. No. But out of all those, out of all those right there, you know, what what names out of that do you do you like the most? What, is there a player that all of those I named that you think? Yeah, that, yes, we, we talked a little bit, uh, we talked a little bit offline about Pat Fryermuth. Um he was uh, a year ago was projected to be the number one tight end in this class. Um, so, and, and, you know, he's, I, I think it goes, as you were talking about earlier, Austin, it kind of goes Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, and then everybody else. Um, so definitely would be disappointed getting him, especially at that spot in the draft. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I think it'd be a solid draft. I wouldn't be disappointed walking away with that. I think you just have to be excited about the potential of Elisha Moore being there. There's just just being able to fill in a guy like that to the roster and a guy that def, AJ Brown definitely wants. Obviously, AJ doesn't have that much say in it, but somebody that the Titans know could bring uh, some more capabilities to the offense. Another person to throw to, especially with losing Johnu Smith, who is such a threat across the middle. That's something that Elijah could bring and speed as well. I think it's, you got to be excited about, about the potential about him being there at uh, at 22. All right, you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so all day long we have been doing a few mock drafts on the draftnetwork.com using their great mock draft simulator. Um, I've been doing that for the last, like, three, four months, guys. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> I've been uh, playing the shit out of it. So today we did a few of them and had to pick our favorite. And so we're all going to give you guys our favorite uh, mock draft. We'll tweet it out and let you guys vote. on. on and just list. to be clear, if we got something that was crazy, we just, got, we just moved on, like – Austin had one where Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts landed at the 22 spot. <laughs> uh, we know that's not going to happen. So. Oh, it's possible, Chris. It's oh, possible. Oh, anything, any, so. any, anything is possible in this draft. Hey, we might get Justin Fields at 22. <laughs> Who knows? You know. Um, no, but um, all right. So everybody had theirs pulled up. Um, yep. Chris, if you want to start, we'll just go. We'll go first round, first round, first round, and then kind of go down from there and talk yeah. about it, why you took the player, that kind of thing. So um, go ahead and start, man. Well, any of our listeners are going to know exactly who I took at, at pick 22, uh, and that would be Tulsa linebacker Zayvon Collins. 
Uh, y'all have heard me talk about him uh, pretty much on every podcast for the last two months. Um, he's a stud. Uh, he can he can play multiple positions uh, in the linebacking area. He can play a little bit of safety if you need him to. Uh, he's one of those guys that really fits the front multiplicity that um, that Vrabel preaches. Um, I think bringing in Jim Schwartz will give them a little bit more capability to even run that four, three defense every once in a while, um, which gives them a whole added, added dimension that they can bring to the defense. So you get a guy like Zavin that can play anywhere on that front. Um, it's, it's a, that's a huge win in my opinion. Uh, Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. Zavin Collins didn't fall to me at any of the drafts that I did. I honestly think, too, that if the Titans are going to want him, they're probably going to have to trade up to do it. But So this was the first one that I did, and this is going to drive you all nuts. It's, it's not the one I'm going with, but I want you to listen to who was taken before the Titans at 22 because I know both of y'all go crazy. So Caleb Farley was taken at 14. Then it was Zayvon Collins at 15. And then Quiddy Pay went 18, Greg Newsom 19, Rashad Bateman 20, and Elijah Moore 21. Those are all of the guys that have been mocked at some point to the that, Titans and would drive. Those are nuts. all of the Titans fan base's favorite players. <laughs> Every single one of them. But so I ended up going with um, my third draft and it's coming up right now. That was in the first one that I, did. I ended up doing three um, all in all. But with my third one, I went with Jalen Phillips uh, out on the edge at Miami. I think that it's more help that the Titans need on the defensive side of the ball. He's definitely a threat. And you pair him up with Bud Dupree and you pair him up with Harold Landry. And the, if the Titans do go that 4-3, he can bounce right down and play the edge. And then you can go with Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Jalen Phillips, and whoever you want to go on that interior defensive line like we were talking about earlier. It's just another threat that you can add to it. And his size is there as well. I mean, he's 6'5", 258. So the size is there, but he's quick for somebody with that size. So I think it's definitely a threat that you can add to the defensive side of the football. All right. So Xavier Collins. Jalen Phillips. Linebacking went, core so far. I went the same way, guys. I um, did I did a lot. And I Chris sent his off to some to some friends to kind of get the judge, you know, get the gauge on hey, which one do you like the most? Because I'm doing a mock draft tonight. I need your help. And I did the same thing too. Um, I sent it to some buddies and I sent three. And I was like, wait a minute. All three of mine have Elijah Moore in the first round. I can't, I gotta do something <laughs> different. I gotta mix it up. <laughs> So that's just me loving Elijah Moore and having the draft crush I am because I don't think he lasts to 53. And if he does, it's another A.J. Brown kind of thing where we rejoice and throw a party for our second-round pick again. But, anywho, I went Aziz Ojolari, mm-hmm. Georgia. That's who mm-hmm. I took. Um, and on the board at the time, there's a few – Jalen Phillips was there. Uh, I think Barmore was there. Quiddy Pay was there. But I went Aziz. Um, after doing some just some homework and kind of looking around, I think this player makes the most sense for the Titans. He is a guy who had nine and a half sacks last season at Georgia, four forced fumbles, 31 tackles, um, all SEC kind of players. So uh, I picked a lot of guys, and, and John Robinson is this type of GM where he picks the guys who are all conference. Um, they were a defensive offensive player of the year. They, um, you know, all academic, those kind of people who have high accolades. And so I took Aziz because I think it just it, – it it fills a need to edge. So Aziz I think a, was my a pick. vast majority of his first-round picks have also been team captains. Team uh, captains. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back and look at David Long a couple years back, David Long was the – if you may not know it because it's a seventh-round pick, but he was the Big 12 defensive player of the year that year. And you're like, why is he going to the seventh round then? 
So those kind of guys are all throughout the the draft board. You just may not know it. Do some some digging. Like they could be all Mac, or they could have got Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year. That kind of thing. You just, you have no idea. Um, so I did a lot of that. I did some homework and looking when I did my 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 draft. Um, but yeah, Aziz was my uh, first round pick. Uh, Chris, who was your second round pick at fifty three? So uh, I stayed on the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, and I went with Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State. Uh, this is a guy I think matches up well in man cover, um, which is obviously the direction that Frable wants to take this defense fully. Uh, he's a stud. Uh, just a really solid corner. Um, seems to be a really intelligent football player. Um, obviously has a good lineage with Asante Samuel being his dad. Um, so I just uh, – Absolute steal, I think, at 53. Uh, I don't know that he lasts quite that long, but great corner. Chris, me and you might have the uh, the same draft board or we have the exact <laughs> same thought process because I went the exact same way with the exact same person. And I'd, to top everything you just said, I think that, it, that at 53, it would make the most sense to have a player of that caliber there. I think that on the defense, so Austin, you mentioned if Elijah Moore fell to 53, it's like the A.J. Brown scenario. I think that's Sante Samuel Jr. on the defensive side of the ball. If a player like that fell to you at 53, that's just what you have to go for because, like we said earlier, the Titans did expect A.J. Brown to be there, and I don't know if they expect Asante to be there. But the fact that he is there, I think it's a guy that you would definitely have to take. The speed that he has, definitely a starter, and the, the progress that he's made throughout college has definitely had him ready for now, and I think that it's a guy that you would have to take right there at 53. And, and just, Brett, just to piggyback on that, I think he's a perfect guy that can start year one in the slot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and can transition and learn more and move to the outside down the road. But with with uh, Jack Rabbit and, and Christian Fulton uh, as your outside corners, putting a guy like Asante Samuel in the slot would be excellent. Well, and just reading right here on the draft network about his his like his draft process, the last sentence says Samuel Jr. has the potential to start at the next level for a defense that plays a lot of man coverage and it's willing to move him around to maximize his strengths. And that's exactly what you just hit on, Chris. Um, I guess our second round board was obviously all the same because that's who I took too. Um, <laughs> nice. I think I think it just made the most sense there. Obviously, he's the best cornerback on the board. It's a it's a huge need for the Titans. Um. So we're all kind of lined up to be the same right now. It's kind of funny how, how our, our thought process is going. Um, the wide receivers on the board at the time weren't, you know, weren't dazzling by any means. It's nobody that you just had to get um, over a cornerback there. So I think the next biggest need at the time and who was on the board was cornerback. I think there were some uh, defensive linemen there, um, but you already got your edge rusher. Um, so I think uh cornerback made the most sense there when y'all we took him. I think Elijah Molden was there at, at the time as well, maybe Aaron Robinson from um UCF, but Asante Simon Jr. was the easy pick. Um, I'll start with third round, we'll kind of go back the other way. Uh, third round was kind of now it's, it's kind of where the draft kind of starts for you. Like, how who what's the biggest need? Where are you going to go? Um, and I still think obviously wide receiver is one of the bigger needs that the Titans need. And I went Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. And I have been watching Oklahoma State the last couple of years. It's one of my weird teams that I really root for. Don't ask me why. I think it's because of Chuba Hubbard. I'm a big Chuba Hubbard fan. Love watching him the last couple of years. And I like Tylen Wallace, too. So as I watched Chuba, I watched Mason Rudolph throw to Tylen Wallace. And uh, he just made plays. And he's a guy that is a, a run after the catch. Um, he is a deep threat. He can catch the screen. It, it would be very similar to what A.J. Brown does. Uh, so I went Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State at 85. 
We know the real reason you watch Oklahoma State is Mike Gundy's mullet. <laughs> I, I, maybe. It could be. <laughs> I love him. Uh, Austin, I'm, I'm the same path as you, just not the same person. And let me get this out of the way real quick. If the mock that I took, if this is what the Jags do, then they would have a scary offense because the Jags in this mock went uh, Trevor Lawrence, Elijah Moore, and then Tommy Trimble in one, two, three. And that would be an unbelievable draft if they got that. But Austin, I went wide receiver as well, but I just went down a different path. Yeah. And I went with Seth Williams from Auburn. And I think that he's definitely a threat that you can throw into the offense. He's, he's probably going to be there in the third round too. The size that he has – his ability to get open, especially across the middle, it's somebody that you can throw in the slot as well. The Titans need a slot receiver, losing Adam Humphreys, and Tajay Sharp obviously has not even been around anymore. He's, <coughs> excuse me, won't be <coughs> re-signed at all. Just the sub-packages that you can throw in there with Seth Williams and the ability that he has, I think can definitely fit into this offense very well. I stand on the offensive side of the ball with you guys. Um, but went a different position here. Uh, I snagged Hunter Long, the tight end out of Boston College. Um, I think he is probably pretty close to your day one starter um, at at tight end. Uh, brings a nice dimension to the to the offense. Um, obviously, he's a guy Rabel probably knows really well because uh, Hunter Long would have lined up next to Tyler Rabel at Boston College. So. Uh, he just it, it just seems like a really logical fit to me, so that's why I went that way. You want to do your uh, other third round pick, Chris? Yeah, roll back to me. Yep. Uh, why not? So with uh, with pick one hundred, uh, I went with Jay Tefeli, I believe is how you say his name, interior defensive lineman from USC. Uh, he's a big body. <laughs> Uh, I think he uh, getting a guy like him at 100 would be solid. Uh, brings it brings a nice uh, sub package guy that you can bring in whenever you take uh, either Simmons or, or Danico Autry off the field, or if you're running uh, a four three at times, those sort of things. I think he uh, he's a guy that you could you could throw out there and he could make some noise. I went back to the defense side of the ball as well. Uh, I went different position. And I think you guys would like this one, but I went with Dylan Moses at linebacker. And I definitely think that he's a great guy that you can throw into the defense. He can start at any position and he can play any linebacker position. You could plug him, plug and play him right away. I think he'd be a fantastic grab. You know, Amen. Brett, he was, he was on the board for me. And if I hadn't taken Zaylen Collins, Zaylen Collins already, he would have been my pick. Listen, mm -hmm. dude, Dylan Moses is not just like, that's a late round sleeper. That's yes. a stud, dude. Just because yep. he tore his ACL and didn't have a great year last year doesn't mean anything. Dylan Moses was like the linebacker in college football before he got hurt. Um, Alabama was devastated when he oh, yeah. tore his ACL. And, and John Robinson will show, too, that it's just not of your last 12 games because we saw that with Jeffrey Simmons coming off the 20 ACL. Yeah. He knew what the potential was there for Jeffrey Simmons. Obviously, we're seeing it now, and there's a good chance that the same thing happens with Dylan Moses. Um, all right, so, Chris, you'll like this one because – at pick 100, I went Hunter Long. So I got Hunter Long as well, but just 15 more oh, picks nice. later than you did. Yeah, I got lucky there. Um, yeah. I get Hunter Long. So um, Aziz Ojolari, Asante Simo Jr., Tylen Wallace, and Hunter Long. Not a bad get so far for the Titans. That's a good draft. I'm clapping my hands. Super Bowl bound is what I'm thinking right now. Um, and the same reasons you said, Chris. Um, I think Vrabel obviously has watched a lot of Hunter Long throughout the years. Um, he had 57 catches, 685, and five touchdowns a year ago for Boston College. So – 
Um, you got to love the the height, 6'5", 253. Uh, I'm not mad if the Titans grab Hunter Long in the third round at, at pick 100. Um, so um, I was a fan of that. So if you well. go back, if you go back and look at our top four picks, so you got 22, 53, 85, and 100. Mm-hmm. Austin, so Austin, read your, your top four off again real quick. Aziz Ojolari, <clears throat> Asante Samuel Jr., Tylen Wallace, Hunter Long. Okay, so Chris, if you're a fan and you hear those four names with the first four picks, what do you what would you rank that? I'm stoked. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. That's a B plus draft for me. Yeah, uh, I I think uh, pretty much any of the edges right there that you listed, uh, Austin could have been the the guy over Aziz. Uh, yeah, it, it, any of them, they're all kind of the same the same boat to me. Like, there's not one I prefer over the other. Uh, except Zayvon Collins, uh, who is not really a true edge. He can just play edge. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a great front four. So, at the halfway point then, Chris, what are your 22, 53, so, Z- Zayvon Collins at linebacker, Asante Samuel Jr. at corner, Hunter Long at tight end, and Jay Tefeli at interior defensive line. I give that a B draft as well. Yeah. It's a solid draft. And then I got Jalen Phillips at 22, Asante Samuel Jr. at 53, Seth Williams at 85, and Dylan Moses at 100. Here's the thing about yours, Brett. It, it, I think I think Williams and Dylan Moses are gambles, but they're good gambles, dude. Yeah. I, I, I really yeah. like – I like both. Because I think Seth Williams, obviously, Auburn was Auburn and didn't have a quarterback. They just – they were right. kind of weird in itself. But I think he's got a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, I didn't get him. I don't know if you guys did either, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I'm – go ahead and burst in this bubble. But a guy like Josh Palmer from Tennessee, I think he's going to mm-hmm. be a steal in the later rounds. Yeah. And I would yeah. be ecstatic if the Titans get him. But I think Seth and Josh are kind of like the same same kind of player. They're, they're, they're freak athletes, um, great hands, big bodies. They just didn't have a whole lot of college production. Um, right. So, which which was a result of their quarterback situation. Correct, one hundred percent. So, um, I I'll, I will start with our uh, the Titans' fifth round pick because they don't have a fourth round pick. Uh, so this is pick one sixty six. Forty picks later, I'm sorry, no, I apologize. I'm at one twenty six. I'm, I'm yeah. skipping a pick. I yeah, apologize. Um, all right, so I took a guy by the name of Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh. Um, the defensive lineman on the board. I think the Titans need to win. I have been trying to get Tyler Sheldon from LSU in all my all my classes, all my mocks, I guess, and he was gone at this one. So I took Jalen Twyman, and here's why. So Jalen Twyman went to Pittsburgh, and in 2019 he opted out of 2020. So that's that's the that's the downfall about this that he has taken a year off of football. Could be a good thing, um, but in 2019 he was uh, the all ACC first team. Uh, he totaled 41 tackles, 12 of those for loss, 10 and a half sacks. Um, so a lot of production rushing the passer. Uh, that was a sophomore for Pitt. So um, if he can get back to that, if he can, he, he's got a high motor from what I've read. Um, he's got some good, you know, hands and uh, he's, a, he's a nice gap shooter. So I'm with, I'm with Jalen Twyman uh, from Pittsburgh. 126. I went defensive line as well, but I went Aleem McNeil from North Carolina State. That's a great pick, and that's why I wish yeah. I would have got. Yeah, over. and I was I was really pumped to see it too because I mean he's an athlete. He played linebacker and running back in high school, came to college, and then went straight to the defensive line at nose tackle. Had three years of experience there. He's strong through the ground and is run stuffing up the middle and somebody that can set the line and control it and to be the perfect guy to refit in the defensive line. 
he went a pick before me, or I would have had mm. him. Um, mm-hmm. And from what, if you if you look at um, rankings, you know, didn't matter which website, Ali McNeil is is top three or four on all defensive line, maybe top five defensive line rankings. So he's a great player as well. Chris, did you get? So 126, I went uh, Deo Dangbo from Vanderbilt, local guy. Uh, He plays the edge position. Uh, The thing I like about him is the same reason I like Zayman Collins. He's versatile. Uh, He can play 3-4 outside linebacker. He can play 4-3 defensive end. You can even move him inside uh, in a 4-3. or I'm sorry, in a 3-4 if you need to. Uh, He's just one of those guys that uh, I think brings that that front multiplicity, that versatility uh, that this team looks for. Uh, he's a guy I think is probably two or three years away from being a starter uh, in the NFL. He has all the tools. Uh, he just needs some some really good coaching, um, and I, and I I think that's a guy that is a is a piece here for a long time. All right, so now uh, we can go yeah. back to, to, to the to the fifth round pick that one sixty six. Chris, you want to start it? Yeah. So one sixty six, uh, I went. With an Auburn receiver, uh, this one being Anthony Schwartz. Uh, this is a guy that is is a playmaker. Uh, you can pretty much put him in, in multiple positions on offense, and and he's a threat to take it to the house every time. Uh, Game breaking type player. So uh, he's a guy that I kind of see, you know, being being the slot guy from day one, um, and probably handles your uh, your kickoff returns as well. 166, I went back to the offensive side of the ball, but this is where I took my tight end, and I went with uh, Trey McKitty from Georgia. And, again, I think it's just another threat that you can add to the ball. He does, he loves to block, and he loves getting up the field. And they've after reading about him, his route running is so good that it's his, his un-after-the-catch ability, what he's able to do with the ball. And just the fact that he can start right away, he can move into that number two receiver. You don't have to have a complete dynamic threat at, at tight end now because you have John New Smith and you'll have Ferkser and, and guys like that. Excuse me, not John, since John New left. You have guys that you can plug and play in at tight end now, and I think that McKitty is the perfect guy to do that. All right, so I uh, doubled down on a position right here because I think it's still a, a big position I need. And I went cornerback again, and I went Kerry Vincent Jr. from LSU. For a couple of reasons, one LSU just produces nothing but studs in the secondary, so that's one. Um, but he's an explosive athlete. Um, he's got great quickness, fluidity in his hips. Uh, he's on the national championship team, so he's balled out uh, time and time again. Um, he can't tackle as well as uh, you would like him to, um, but he he he's good at baiting quarterbacks uh, in, in interceptions. And so I want Kerry Vincent Jr. because I think. It's a position, again, like I said, a need. He opted out of 2020, didn't play. Um, but in 2019, the year they won the title, had 47 tackles for loss and four picks. Um, so not a bad year for a uh, junior in college. And then also, why not have Christian Fulton and Kerry Vincent Jr. as your two DBs in the secondary, both from LSU. So could be a little fun there as well. So, so moving on, moving on to the next round. Uh, at 205, uh, I double down here. Uh, and I went with another wide receiver. So I went back-to-back wide receivers. Uh, this time, though, I went with Cornell Powell out of Clemson. Uh, again, just a guy that needs some coaching. Um, he, he showed out last year. Uh, actually, his uh, I watched quite a bit of Clemson because my in-laws uh, and half of my wife's family are Clemson grads. Um, and uh, he started balling out whenever Trevor Lawrence actually went out last mm-hmm. year. Um, 
And he kind of kept that momentum going even when Trevor came back. So he's a guy that I, I think could be uh, way better at the pro level than he was uh, at the collegiate level. And I, I didn't want to do this, but I just felt compelled to do it. I went to San Ellinger at 205. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Hey, okay. man, I, thought, I, I thought about but, quarterback, but I was like, I'm not doing yeah, this year. I, did, I didn't want to do it, but I just – it just seems like the Titans, they don't necessarily want Woodside out, but each year they, they try and bring in competition for him. And I, me personally, I've never been the biggest fan of Ellinger, and maybe that's just because of the way he just, I don't know, talks. Maybe it's just one of those things where it's like the guy kind of rubs it the wrong way. But he has potential, and obviously he's not going to start. But I just think that the Titans are probably going to bring in another guy, whether it's late draft or undrafted free agent, to battle with Logan Woodside. And I really could see Sam being that guy, so that's why I went with him there at 205. John Robinson's Res- 0 for 2 in the last two times he's picked a late-round quarterback. Yeah, uh, Resident, resident Longhorns fan in here. Um, <laughs> I love Sam Ellinger. Ellinger. Uh, he's a beast. I mean, he was he he completely, pretty much single-handedly turned that program around. Uh, took him to bowl game after bowl game, something that hadn't been done in a while. Uh, he was a four-year starter at Texas. Uh, just a leader of that team. Uh, really helped turn things around. I think with the right coaching and the right system, he can one day be a starter in the NFL. But here's the uh, thing too, though. It's gonna it's gonna take some work. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's not he's not refined. He's got a solid arm. That was one of the knocks on him, but he can he's proven that he can throw throw a deep ball. Um, but he just needs work. Logan Woodside is slowly turning out to be or have like a decent NFL backup quarterback career. Dude, I mean, this is like yeah. going to like what year four now, and he's his position hasn't really been messed yeah. with. Like he's it's just he's holding down the backup spot, but I do see your point though, Brett. Like if, if he does go quarterback here, is it the sixth round? Is it seventh round? Like do they do they take one at all? Do they go undrafted and get? Because you got to think how we know how the draft works. Like Ellinger could go undrafted. He, he the Titans could pick him up and then mm-hmm. he kind of starts his career that way. This could happen, right. and I wouldn't be upset with that. I w- I wouldn't like drafting a quarterback, um, depending on who who's on the board. Uh, but getting Sam Ellinger as like a practice squad guy undrafted would love that. I have nothing yeah. against Sam Ellinger. This is think, this is a team great. that also this is a team that also still has a Deshaun former Kaiser. second round Deshaun pick Kaiser in, on the roster who's twenty five years old. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I went. I doubled down to Chris, same guy you did, Cornell Powell. Um, if you go back and look like this year, like if you go watch Trevor Lawrence highlights all over ESPN, Fox Sports One, he's thrown a lot of touchdowns to who? Cornell Powell. Um, he had a great season last year, um, 53 catches, 882 yards, seven touchdowns, 16 and a half yards per catch. Um, he runs a 4-4-7-40. That was back on March 14th that he had his pro day um, in a vertical of 36 and a half. So, dude, this would be a steal to get Cornell Powell that late. I think he, he comes from a good program, been there for five years at Clemson. So, um, would love to get a guy like Cornell Powell to double down because listen, just getting Tyler Wallace, you know, my draft is not enough. The Titans still have a huge need after that um, with with some wide receiver depth. So I am going Cornell Powell here, and then I'll go ahead and turn it around, guys. I tripled down, and I tripled down at wide receiver and getting Jalen Darden from North Texas. And here's why: one, our guy Rep Brian talked about him on all just the last few times I've heard him and Coach Mac talking on. Um, the radio, uh, but Jalen Darden is big in the return game, and we know that Jalen uh, Khalif Raymond is no longer here, um, with the Titans. And who's the return man now? What are they gonna do there? Um, Jalen Darden went to North Texas, not a whole lot of you know, not a lot of buzz about him there, but 
sneaky good career at North Texas. In 2019, 736 yards, catching 76 balls and 12 touchdowns. In 2020, just last year, 74 catches, 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 yards, and 19 touchdowns. So Duke can ball. Um, so I, got, I took three wide receivers in this draft. Not what I wanted to do, but when I saw Jalen Darden there, I think it, it fills another need at wide receiver. Um, you can then get rid of a guy like Cam Batson. You can get rid of like the Rashard Davises, the Cody Hollisters. You can this could be your three, you know, new three wide receivers in. They're all rookies, yes, but you got Josh Reynolds as a seasoned vet, and you have AJ Brown. These guys come in and just kind of. Um, make a good wide receiver room, and then Jalen Darden would would help the return game as well. So, I took Jalen Darden at two fifteen. Titans have tripled down in the in the draft for wide receivers before. Courtney Roby, remember that draft? I do remember that draft. I can't remember the other two. It was uh, him, Brandon um, Jones, Brandon Jones, and one other guy. Let's see real quick. Go ahead, and I'll tell you who it was. Uh, so th- this was uh, pick two fifteen, right? Um, so I didn't love how my draft board fell here. Uh, so I actually tripled down as well at a different position. Uh, considering Zayvon Collins can play edge, I'm saying this is a triple down at edge. Uh, I think Zayvon Collins is a starter at interior, uh, like the inside linebacker position. Uh, but at 215, I went with Wyatt Hubert, uh, edge out of Kansas State. Uh, a name that's really come on uh, that, that came to me recently uh, and I believe it was Teron Davenport uh, compared him to uh, Mike Rabel. And so, you know, what head coach that played isn't going to want – like if he sees Wyatt Hubert uh, and sees some of himself in Wyatt Hubert, I think he, he could be a, a late-round pick for him. 215 is where I decided to go offensive line this time. And I went with Royce Newman, the offensive tackle out of Ole Miss, 6'5", 306. He's a redshirt senior, so he's got a lot of experience of playing in the SEC. He's obviously a guy that's not going to start right away, but I think that – I really do right now at least think that the Titans are going to roll with Lamb on the right side. But this is a guy that's played multiple positions before. He's strong vertically, and the Titans, we know, love to move the ball around, whether it's situational things or zone-blocking schemes. This is a guy that knows how to do that, and he can do that. It's not a guy that you can have to rely on to start right away, and you can plug and play him as much as you need to. All right, Christian, you go with your 232 pick? Yep, last pick. Um, if you listened to our interview last week uh, with Justin Mello, you heard us talk about this guy. I specifically asked about him. So with the last pick, I went with uh, an interior offensive lineman, uh, Robert Jones out of Middle Tennessee State University. Uh, he made it guy, to 232. He made it to 232 wow. in every in every draft I tried. Uh, he actually was still there. I got him in one, uh, but not this at one. that pick. Um, but this is a guy, man, that is he plays angry. He's a mauler. Uh, he he played uh, at tackle uh, at MT. Uh, he's being projected as an interior offensive lineman at uh, the NFL level. I think he's a guy that could potentially still play right tackle in the NFL, but yeah. um, a lot of talk about him at interior offensive line. So I, I kind of see him as an eventual replacement for Saffold. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's a guy that I, I've seen, obviously, a lot of being an MT grad, uh, and I think he's going to be uh, a, a long-termer at the NFL level. 
my last pick at 232, I went with safety out of Pittsburgh, Paris Ford. And I think that's a guy that, again, brings more depth to the defensive side of the ball. And obviously not going to play safety, but he will play special teams. Loves to make contact, loves to hit. And when you're learning from guys like Krukshank and like Hooker and like KB, maybe he is a guy that in year two and year three could plug and play some at the safety position, like we've seen what Krukshank can do. But Paris Ford has obviously played a lot of special teams before and can do the same thing in the NFL. And now with seeing Krukshank possibly having a little bit more PT in the actual defensive side of the ball, Paris Ford is a guy that could take that uh, that special team spot and especially a guy that loves to contact, can play gunner and be a threat on the special team side of the ball. That's a great yeah. point, Brett. I, and I like that. The, the the kind of step up, everybody steps up. Amani Hooker steps up. Dane Crookshank steps up. So you need somebody to replace Dane. Uh, I like that a lot. So the way my board fell, didn't didn't load at the end. So I'm, I'm kind of looking for players. I'm like, man, I'm gonna, I, got, I got a lot of guys on offense. I got some defensive guys. Where can I go next? And I'm going to be honest, y'all, I'm kind of pissed off that the draft network doesn't have, like, kickers. Because, dude, the Titans definitely need a kicker. And I, I can definitely see the guy, the Titans drafting a kicker this season. Um just me though. Teams have done it before. Fuck the Raiders did it in the first round one year. Tampa Bay did it in the second round just a few yeah. years ago. Like the Titans yeah. need a kicker in a bad way, and I I haven't done my homework or research on kickers. I know there's a couple studs from what I've seen on Twitter. Um, you know, get this guy, but there's you on the draft network you can't draft kickers, so um, that's a position they don't really care about. Um, so I had to do some digging, and I got I found a guy. Um, by the name of Ernest Jones. He's a linebacker from South Carolina. And so you're like, well, the Titans, do they need a linebacker? Well, no, not really. But they need a guy, some guys on special teams. Um, Will Compton probably won't be back. Nick Zunar probably won't be back um, or won't be back. And then you still got David Long back there. Um, you got Jalen Brown, Rashawn Evans. Wouldn't hurt to have another linebacker for some depth. Um, Ernest Jones last year um, had 86 tackles. Um, had a sack, had a forced fumble. Year before that, 97 tackles, a forced fumble, two picks. So he didn't make any all SEC teams because at that position in the SEC, it's we go, it's loaded at linebacker. So he's probably an honorable mention um, at that position. But um, he posted a uh, four six forty uh, vertical jump at 38 and a half and did 19 reps at at the bench press. So um, not a bad pick. I think as your last pick. So I went Ernest Jones from South Carolina, but um, guys, I think this was actually really solid. I was, I was kind of nervous to see who, who did what, but if, if I had to, if the Titans drafted any of our drafts, I wouldn't be pissed at it. No, uh, I wouldn't either. Not at all. Not at all. They're solid. And, I think and, all of and there was some, there was some interesting overlap between us as yeah. well. Yeah. And I think it could have been how the draft network boards fell right. and how it's you know predictive and repetitive. That could have been it. But I had an idea that we'd all have some some same guys, and we definitely did. So um, if we can get Asante Samuel, Hunter Long, and Cornell Powell in the draft, everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as those three guys are uh, are Titans. But that was fun. Um, I like that. That's what a lot we're gonna of fun. do? Yeah. We're, what we're gonna do is tweak these out. Uh, we may have, we have a graphic ready for it, and so we'll tweak these out and I'll let you guys vote. And to see which one you like the most, and and um, uh, just had some fun with that. So uh, that was fun, guys. Good job. Um, again, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. We'll wrap this thing up with talking about the new Jersey rule in the NFL, and talk about that. So as we know now, the NFL, the Chiefs came up with this uh, of all teams. 
the Chiefs are proposed a rule that has now been passed by the NFL where positions can change their numbers to single digits. And so quarterback is now 1-19, to 19, wide receivers, running backs, fullbacks, tight ends, DBs, linebackers can all have 1-59. to 59. So my question to you is, out of the Titans players now, um, is there a player on the roster that you would like to see switch to a single digit? Now, I say this, we can still have some fun with this, but I say this that the, the, the messed up rule about this is that if a current, tight, current NFL player wants to change their jersey this next season, they have to buy out their entire jersey inventory, inventory from Nike. How fucked up is that? That's a lot yeah, of money. But think but about that player, it. the player can be cut tomorrow and the, uh, the team doesn't reap any. Yep. Mm. No, yeah. No, it's so stupid. You can do it and they can do it fresh off 2022. They can do that. That's fine. Yeah. But this next season, they're not allowed to. It's crazy. Right. Let's go ahead and give the NFL your game check. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right, Chris. So who did you who did you come up with? Because I had a, I had a little trouble, but I, I found so, a couple guys. I have two, but I'm just gonna say one right now uh, and and give you both a chance to to give yours, so I don't uh, step on any toes here. But uh, I went with uh, a guy I love that's back this year uh, with the team, Jayon Brown. Uh, he wore 12 at UCLA, so I would love to see him back in that number. I think you know he's got a thin frame, so a. a those long numbers like 12, I think would look sick on him, especially with our jerseys. I think my man, mine's so typical, but the only one that I can, that I can really realistically see and Austin's already smiling is, is AJ Brown and AJ's talked about it for, for a while now. And he's even tweeted, we mentioned uh, in our group chat about him reaching out to Warren Moon, saying he was going to reach out to Warren Moon. He still might reach out to him personally, but I, AJ's always loved it. He's talked about the Titans wearing throwbacks. He's talked about wearing different numbers. He's a guy that, likes what's hot at the time and obviously he likes uh the the number changing game he's definitely somebody i could see switch and if he does switch it would probably be to one uh just take the one off his jersey and make it a solo one but mine would definitely be aj brown it was between him or Derek. i I, I didn't know you'd say um aj but i think i mean it was it was a number like for for Derek and aj was they just look so good in, in college well, oh, remember man. Derek wore two in the preseason. He wore two, just, year. Three, yeah, for that for that split, that split second. Um, and, that, so he, and that's the picture that I feel like all the media is using yeah, for man. this. Yeah, yeah. Derek wearing two. It's because it's because he's a household name now. Like they know that he's the best running back in football. He's a top five, ten player in the league. Like, yeah, that man's getting his respect. The Titans may not be, but Derek Henry is. Um, so Chris will like this one. So yeah, I I wrote down Jalen Brown because that was a guy that I knew had a single digit or, or or lower number in college. But I want Harold Landry. He was oh, seven. I thought about that. I thought he wore about seven that. at Boston College. Oh, that'd be sick. So I'm I'm going Harold Landry. Yeah. No, that he was weird. number seven. If I went with two and I was going to have a defensive, if I was going to have a defense side of the ball, it would have been Harold Landry for me. I thought of Chris. I thought about you know we know KB wore twenty in college, but yeah, Jenkins took that, and I was like, I'm not Jenkins has it. Yeah, number. So the other one I had written down was on the offensive side. So this one would look wild, I think, especially with our jersey number font. Darrington Evans wore three at App State. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah, I like that one. I, that one didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, Not for Darrington, oh, honestly. And, and that's a guy that wouldn't have a ton of inventory to pay off. No. <laughs> he could probably pay that off his second year salary. I mean, honestly, Darrington's probably like a, a made-to-order jersey 
Anyway, I doubt oh, they have yeah, much he, stock he, of he Darren probably, Evans. He could, he could probably do it. You're right, Chris. Yeah, um, that'd be sick. I'm excited to watch him this next season. I almost thought about drafting a running back. But I was like, no, you can't. Darrington, he's back. Yeah. He's, he'll be he'll be fresh this season. So um, I did have lot- I did have Ken- Kenneth Gainwell fall to me in the late with that second third round pick, and I almost snagged him. But yeah, the Michael Carters, the Kenneth yeah. Gainwells, those kind of guys. I was like, yeah, the Titans don't need a running back at all in the second third round. So it's a wasted pick. But like Chuba Hubbard, he was there like in the fifth round. I'm like, dude, don't want to do it. <laughs> but um, all right, that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, this will drop. You guys vote on your favorite draft, and we'll have some fun with it, and, and uh, we'll talk shit between all of us and see um, For sure. who, who liked what. But um, the draft, guys, just a week away. I'm stoked for it. Um, y'all have draft plans? None mm. as of right now. Yeah, no. not right now. I got finals coming up, so Whew. I'm still in school. So Almost yeah. done, man. Almost Last done. one, yeah, two more weeks left. Almost done. All right, it's boys. Weird, bro. It's weird. But yeah. A lot of fun. Um, as always, let's hope this this next first round pick for the Titans is not like last year's. And uh <laughs> we, we, can, we can enjoy this first round pick for longer than a, a few weeks. So yeah. all right, as always, um for Britt Bachelor, Chris Carter, my name is Austin Nelson. You've been listening to the Second of Victory Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. As always, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.